you are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. It is Friday, April 16th. Thanks for closing out the week with me. Appreciate you joining the show. Let's talk some TCU athletics. And we're going to start today with uh, what's going on on Saturday with TCU football. It's an open practice, spring scrimmage, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's it's the spring game that's kind of been replaced now with more or less just, uh, just a, a bland kind of scrimmage practice that they do in front of the fans. Nonetheless, though, it's, it's the best access we get. So um, it's a chance to see the team. I think I'm going to try, my, to, try to make my way out there tomorrow. Uh, my wife is working at the hospital, so I'll have to – Kind of see how the kids are doing, but I'm going to try to make the trip up and and check it out. And I have a couple questions or just things I'm looking for um, in the spring game on Saturday. And the the first one is obviously just how these quarterbacks look. And yeah, should they be throwing the ball well, uh, basically in in a controlled environment like this? They should. You would hope so. But with all the talk we we've heard about Max Duggan and his improvement as a passer this spring, I just want to see how he's spinning the ball early on. Um, also, I, I want to see Chandler Morris. That situation with his eligibility is still getting worked out, um, but we need to see, you know, what he looks like. And, and I'm excited to see Sam Jackson, the true freshman, as well. Uh, I don't know how many reps, if any, Alex Hoyne's going to get the um, freshman from Germany in the spring practice or in the spring game. However, if uh, if Morris is hurt, I mean, we know what what Downing can bring to the table. Or, excuse me, not if Morris is hurt. If Morris is not eligible, we know what Matthew Downing can bring to the table. But it does kind of leave a big hole there because, I mean, we saw last year, I think Max had to play through some tough situations, through some injuries, where maybe they were hoping, hey, can we get away with arresting him in the second half here, specifically that K-State game. And they, the, the bottom line was they just didn't have good enough players behind him to feel comfortable, um, you know, keeping him on the bench. If he could go, he had to go. And it is a luxury to have somebody like a Chandler Morris that even if he's not pushing for the starting job this offseason could come in in a big situation if Max gets hurt or if Max needs a breather and you still have your whole playbook available to you. You don't just have to go, okay, well, we're going to have to run, you know, a draw play here because we we have no other options with our backup quarterbacks. So I want to see how that, that room looks, how they're throwing the football, who they're going to. Quentin Johnston, we've, we've heard a lot about him, too, just being a monster this spring. And then the offensive line. Um, I mean, can they hold up and protect? And that's going to be really what makes this train go. I also, like, I don't expect them to show us much. I think the playbook will be pretty vanilla. But, again, with this being the best access we have, what are they running? If they're in down and distance situations, you know, what are they looking to do? What are they trying to accomplish? Some Those are some of the things that I'm curious about on offense. And finally, how are these running backs running? Um, you know, Zach Evans, uh, we, we understand the talent that he is. We saw some flashes of it towards the end of the season. He's big. He's physical. He's got that breakaway speed. Does he look bigger, stronger, faster? more decisive, so they have a better understanding of what they're trying to do offensively. And Darwin Barlow, Kendra Miller, I mean, they got a lot of guys that can go. So how much depth 
do they have at that running back position, and is there a clear front runner? I'd, I'd love to leave that game and be like, man, Zach looks the best running the ball right now, or, or you know, whoever it might be. But y- you hope that, yes, all of them can get carries, all of them can do different things and be valuable in different situations. That being said, your running back room is best when you have a, a clear front runner, number one, that's like, yeah, that's our guy. That's who we're going to start with. That's who we're going to lean on. So I want to see Evans and Barlow as much as possible. And I hope that, you know, one of those guys, whether it's Barlow, Miller, Evans, kind of separates themselves from the pack as the offseason continues on. And then, as I said earlier, I mean, what is this? Uh, what does this offense look like? Are there some new wrinkles with Jerry Kill and Doug Meacham? Sonny come be gone. You know, how much influence did he really have on the offense in his last season there? What changes are we going to see? Is there going to be more intermediate passing? Are they going to get the ball out of Max's hands faster? What is that going to look like with those two guys? Uh, manning things on offense. And then defensively, I I mainly just kind of want to see who's out there because the the few times Gary has talked this offseason, we've seen that uh, this this defense, unfortunately, is just really banged up. I mean, they they cannot get out there and play, and the offense apparently has sort of thrived. They're ahead of the defense because most of the starters are gone. So I just want to know who's getting those reps – What's the secondary look like? I've heard C.J. Caesar is finally back in camp, but who's playing at those safety and corner positions? And then also on the defensive line, who's exploding out? Are they able to get to the passer? Um, Is anybody catching my eye that's getting out of their stance fast and making things happen? But I think defensively, they're so banged up um, I, I'm just not as interested in seeing kind of where they're at because, you know, it, a lot of the guys that are on the field probably aren't going to be playing significantly in the fall. Um, and I, I just don't – I don't worry as much about a Gary Patterson defense. I think they'll figure it out like they typically do as the season goes on and you don't have to worry as much about, you know, what what they're doing and where they're at defensively right now because – as, as the offseason continues to churn and roll along, they'll get a good idea of uh, what they're trying to accomplish and what they're trying to do defensively. So those are some of the things I'm most interested in as we head towards um, the end of spring ball and wrap things up with that scrimmage tomorrow. Just so you know, apparently Gary's going to sign some autographs after, after the practice, so if you want to bring something to get signed, I believe there's that opportunity as well. Um, and we'll have a full report on, on Monday about what we saw. But that'll do it for segment one. That kicks off at 11 a.m. tomorrow at Eamon G. Carter if you want to get out there and check it out. Let's talk about betonline.ag. Probably won't be wagering on the spring game tomorrow, but there's plenty of things to wager on right now, namely the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL. Um, and betonline.ag helps you make some money and understand how to make smart bets. They also – or just a really good site with news about the world of sports, you know, who's who's banged up, who's hurt, who's ready to go, what's going on all around the sports world. BetOnline.ag, also, they uh, they have wagers and prop bets on reality TV, um, Hollywood, so if that's your bag too, you can investigate that as well. 
You can use the promo code Locked On and get a 20% sign-up bonus. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports runs it. He does a Locked On Bets podcast every day as part of this network, and he always has good tips and tricks on how to make some cash. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today. Back here on Locked On Horn Frogs, segment number two coming your way. And uh, let's talk about this big TCU Oklahoma State baseball series coming up. By the way, my apologies again for my voice if you're wondering what's going on. Uh, allergies have been just kicking my tail the last few days, and I'm still trying to get these out there, but uh, that's why my voice sounds raspy, just FYI. Hopefully by Monday uh, we're in a little bit better situation on that front. But TCU and Oklahoma State – at Lupton this weekend, another top 15 matchup. If you're headed out to uh, Lupton tonight or are planning on it, just so you know, looks like the weather is going to be um, kind of interesting. There's rain in the forecast. Looks like the rain will clear out by the time tonight rolls around, but I wouldn't be shocked if there was a delay um, just because it's supposed to rain until a little past 6 o'clock on the forecast right now. So I know the grounds crew there is – is working hard, but that's going to be um, a situation to monitor if you're trying to make it out for the game tonight. Cold and rainy conditions, so uh, I guess just prepare accordingly. But well, this Oklahoma State team is interesting. Um, they are hitting 257 on the year. They're not going to overwhelm you with um, how they score. I mean, they're just not. Now, they've hit 40 home runs, which is actually one more home run than TCU's hit on the season. So in, in that regard... They're doing pretty well. Their on-base percentage is 378. Um, they draw walks at a pretty good clip, 144 on the season, which is 33rd in the nation. They've had five shutouts, though, this year, and, and the way they win games is with their pitching. Um, you look at their weekend rotation. Parker Scott, 6-1, 1.60 ERA. Justin Campbell, 4-0, 1.15 ERA. And then uh, you get a little bit of relief on – um, Sunday with Justin Robelski, three and two with a 4.0 ADRA, but that's still not bad for a Sunday starter. And they've just been living on winning these Friday and Saturday games for the most part because their pitching is so good. The way their team is kind of constructed, it reminds me a lot of when TCU went to you know four College World Series in a row. Those early teams, those fir- the first couple seasons. Um, I mean, like Boomer White was their best hitter the first year, and they made it because. They had great pitching with Preston Morrison and Brandon Finnegan and Alex Young. Uh, you know, if you remember that regional that year, they – I can't even remember who the four seed was, but they beat them in 10 innings. Then they had to beat Sam Houston State in 22 innings the next night. They had a crazy game against Virginia in the College World Series that went 15 innings. I mean, they just – they really struggled to score, um, but they could pitch with anybody. And, and that was a huge part of what they were trying to do. That was what they hung their hat on. So – it's going to be a big test, and TCU has not done a great job this year of uh, delivering against frontline starting pitching. I mean, they just haven't. They've struggled uh, really all year long in, in that SEC Big 12 challenge. They struggled in some games against Tech later on in the series. You know, they put up some runs, but it wasn't super consistent. Um, I, I think that's been one of the big issues with this lineup so far is against those frontline starters, they've just struggled to find ways to score, uh, and, and that's kind of held them back in these big games. So this is a big series. I think it's a, a chance for TCU to make a statement. 
it's obviously a chance for them to stay right there in the race. And you're going to have to win. I mean, you got this one, you got a series against Texas, and then um, all, all the rest of the series left are against more middle-of-the-road teams right now, at least record-wise, in the Big 12. So you got to find a way so, to win these games. And it starts tonight with Russell Smith on the mound who's been fantastic all year long. Austin Crobe and Johnny Ray are going to have to be better. I mean, I mean, they just are. They're going to be better than they were last weekend. And, and Crobe, uh, I think, will bounce back nicely. Johnny Ray, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's rolling the dice. It feels like every time they throw him out there and give him a chance um, to, to make things happen, sometimes he can go against Baylor and Louisiana. Uh, Lafayette, he was great. You know, he went five or six innings through shutout baseball. Um, for the most part, and, but every other start this year, he's just he's put batters on by walking them, and uh, it hasn't been a good situation. So he's going to have to be better for this team to continue to go on this trajectory that they're on right now. Uh, also, I, I just I want to see some of these hitters that really struggled um, last weekend get back on track. So Braden Taylor, tough weekend in Lubbock. Okay, how do you bounce back? How do you mentally respond? To some, to a team, just having your number and striking you out a lot and getting you out in big situations. Elijah Nunez, you've been hitting at the top of the lineup all year long on Sunday against Tech. Slosh put you in the nine hole. Do you return to that tonight? Do you get another opportunity? How do you handle that? How are you going to get back there and take a better approach at the plate? And as much as I love patience, and this team, they get on base at a huge clip by free passes. I mean, they're third in the nation in walks. I would I would love against this against this pitching staff. I would just love to see some more aggression. Because I feel like when when you're facing frontline starters like that, if you're going to continue to work 3-2 counts, 2-2 two, two counts. You're getting that pitch count up. I understand that you're trying to work a walk, but man, like good pitchers have great pitches with two strikes. They have out pitches. I mean, they they have ways to get out of jams. They have pitch. They have nasty breaking balls that are going to go in the dirt. They're able to drop it on the corner of the strike zone with two strikes. I mean, that's why they're good. That's why they're sitting there with a 1.15 ERA. I just, I feel like you have to be more aggressive against the Oklahoma State team, against the Oklahoma State pitching staff to break through and get things done. I just, I don't think you can draw two, three, four walks and score one run every couple innings. I mean, you're you're going to have to get the barrel on the ball and drive it. Does Connor Shepard return to the lineup today? I know Slosh said in um, his pregame availability with Chuck on Tuesday that it was just kind of hard to find a spot. I, I, you got to find a spot for him, in my mind, because he's just he's drives the ball, and he's one of the few guys on the team that can really square it up and get it out of the ballpark. Um Gene Wood, he had a tough weekend. These are the players that need to bounce back, and it's a critical series for TCU to get back on track and show that they're still a contender in this Big 12 title race. Let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar on the planet. My favorite flavor is Coconut Brownie Chunk, but they have a number of fantastic flavors, cookies and cream, peanut butter, um, go to BuiltBar.com today. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15. Again, that's LOCKEDON15 and get 20% off your next order. And Built Bar is not only delicious, but it's good for you. Only 180 calories. It's good fuel for your body. It's a snack that you don't have to feel guilty about. 
you can grab it and say, okay, this is going to fill me up. It's going to tie me over. But I don't have to feel bad about, you know, um, ingesting 300 calories in the snack because Built Bar is it's, it's the perfect thing. It's good for you. It's delicious. Try it today. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON15. One more time, that's LOCKEDON15 from BuiltBar.com. Try it today. Find your favorite flavor, BuiltBar.com. All right, final segment here on Locked on Horn Frogs. Just a note, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast, on Stitcher, wherever it is you get your podcast. Subscribe, rate, review it. I'd appreciate it. Um, wrapping things up here, just want to say that Saturday is going to be a huge day in TCU athletics. So we got baseball game tonight at 6.30, but then Saturday, spring football game at 11 o'clock. Baseball taking on Oklahoma State at 2. And uh, then women's soccer. They're facing off with Notre Dame in a game um, at 7 o'clock, 7 p.m. at uh, Garvey Rosenthal Field there, the soccer complex in Fort Worth. The team is 10-1-1 on the year. They suffered their first loss of the season to Texas A&M, falling 1-0 to the Aggies in College Station. And this is their final regular season game before um, they get ready for the tournament, which is going to be in a bubble in North Carolina. This is a really, really good soccer team. Eric Bell's done a fantastic job. They're poised to make a run in the tournament. So I'd highly encourage, if you haven't seen them this year, to try to get out there in person and watch them in that final regular season game. They won a Big 12 title in the fall. They're kind of playing some ramp-up exhibition games here in the spring. They're ranked number seven in the nation right now, and they're getting ready for that uh, NCAA tournament coming up in a few weeks in North Carolina, which is going to be in a sort of controlled bubble. Volleyball is doing that right now. The TCU volleyball team is not a part of it, unfortunately, but the NCAA tournament, they're doing a bubble for uh, volleyball as well this year. So that's the weekend coming up on Monday. Eric Hughes is going to join me. We'll recap that big baseball series with Oklahoma State. Um, and then also later next week, we'll talk a lot about the, the spring game, what happened, you know, what went down, some of the big notes there from spring football as it wraps up. And, uh, man, then we're going to hit sort of some, some dead months in the spring and summer, but we'll still find ways to come out with good content every single day. This has been Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.